Hello and welcome to Girlfriend Minute. I am Char. And I'm Pascal. How are you today, Pascal? I'm doing okay today. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's it's Sunday. We all have to go. Well, you work every day. I, so. I do, unfortunately, but you know, it's okay. You work every day. So yeah, I go back to work tomorrow and the two days is never enough. Well, I get one day, and that's my day tomorrow, so I'm on babysitting duty tomorrow. Oh, and that's fun. That's grandbaby time. It is grandbaby time. I love to spend time with them, but there you go again. I'm not going to really have my own time, so but that's okay. No, you're not, no, and, it, and it's important, too, but you got to also get that grandbaby time in, too. Yeah. I, I understand that. I have one myself, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. How was this last week for you up there in Pennsylvania? Oh, my gosh. Where do I even begin? <laughs> <laughs> I know I had talked to you earlier in the week and told you what was going on, but it's just, you know. Um, otherwise, whatever's going on in the restaurant is going to be going on, and it's just a mess in there right now. But uh, otherwise, everything's everything's okay. Uh, yeah. We have a little bit of a rainy day today. Um been like that since yesterday and it's getting cold over here that's exciting because that truly feels like fall and like here in florida today i uh, went out on the boat with some friends to uh, john's pass and we anchored and uh, played in the water hung out in the water actually and you know saw some critters and walked around and found some shells for uh, a friend's relative that was in town visiting and got a little sun and um, enjoyed a boat ride it's definitely warm out today. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a All great... in Florida. <laughs> yes. I would rather be there, to tell you the truth. But I do like when the seasons change up here in PA. But, um, you know, this time it's like, um, I don't know, a little depressing. You know, the winter's coming, so, you're, you know, you're on lockdown for the next six months or so until spring rolls around. But, you know... Something to look forward to. Halloween. Yay. I, I do love the fall and the holidays. So I do love Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm never really a big, huge fan of New Year's, though. That's really fun. I, I don't really care about ringing in the new year. I don't know why that is. I never have been. We um spend the new year with family usually Um, before. Maybe I want to say about five or six years ago, maybe I would go out. And spend it with friends and and have a good time on New Year's. But lately, it's just been pretty much you know family and and a close um close circle. Nothing big, nothing huge. You know, that's it. A little bit of food, a little bit of appetizers, nothing much. No, yeah. Growing up, we always had friends over, and it was a bigger do to do, and there was food and whatnot, and then. As I was raising my children, we hung out with people that had children the same age, and they were all friends. And they liked to see how long they could stay up for. But over the last, <laughs> probably, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. Over the last, I don't know, five or so years, um, I kind of just chill out at home and watch it on TV. And I usually miss it. I'm usually watching a movie. <laughs> I'm streaming a show, and I miss it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, owning a restaurant now kind of, you know, opens up a, a door where I almost have to kind of be there. Um, New Year's Eve, we open up until a certain time, and then after that, we close. 
And so pretty much uh, we hang out over there with the family um, and uh, do, like I said, do a little bit of food, a little bit of music. And then my brother will put it on the countdown and then we'll count down and then everybody will go home after that. <laughs> right. And then you're left cleaning up. Oh, I don't clean up. They clean up. I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I do as little cleaning as possible over there. So. I don't blame. I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now I have them. I have them make- working. What is it? I said you can make it themed New Year's. So you can do. Oh theme. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, we are making a theme for Halloween though, so we're having a big bash. Are you? Yeah. Halloween bash. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be big like it was last year and we go from there. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You do anything prior to Thanksgiving at the restaurant? Uh no, not really. Not really. I think this year for Thanksgiving though, um, I would like to see if I can set like a tent outside in the front of the restaurant and possibly just give out food to whoever's working, you know, that day. Uh, yeah, I'll have a couple people come in and help me and we'll just kind of pack them up, cart, you know, in the, the boxes, the to-go boxes and stuff. And then after that, we'll just hand them out to the people who are working. You know, the police guys, the the healthcare workers, EMTs. Um, the EMTs, yeah, even whoever's hungry, they can come by and get some. So that's my plan. I don't know if it's if it's going to happen, but we'll see. That's a very cool idea. Yeah. What about you? What's going on? Oh, not much. You know, uh, work's just been a little different. The clinic, things are changing. Um, I don't know if the parent company that acquired us, our clinic, acquired another clinic, and they just haven't told us. But um, so the last few weeks, we've been getting these different emails. Um, and the, their choice of words is always interesting. As of <laughs> right now, your paycheck is still signed by DCNG. As of right now, we are not changing our name. As of right now, and it just goes on, and you're sitting there going, really? <laughs> okay, that, yeah, that means, that means things are about to change for you. So I, I believe in the beginning of the new year, we're going to have polos that say Sanitas. I shouldn't probably say that. I have <laughs> Just kind of going, just yeah. kind of what I think is happening. So, um, and how that changes for me at the clinic, I don't know. So I'm just kind of holding on at the moment. But that means I have to put my plan B into play sooner than later. And I'm going to be doing that here in the next week or two. So, and that's good because I needed the push, the kick in the butt, so so to speak. Okay, so I guess it's kind of working out for you then. So that's yeah. good. In theory, yes. Very cool. Very cool. Good. Things so, are looking up, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Grandbaby's good. He was going to come over this weekend, and she, um, uh, the other grandma had, had surgery um, involving her ear and something implanted between her ear and the brain or, I don't know, something. And it had to be, I don't know if it was redone or taken out or whatever, and she hasn't been able to hold him for six, seven weeks or so. And, oh, my. Uh, that's a long time. Daughter's like, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm gonna take him to the other grandma so she can have him and pick him up and hold him because she wasn't allowed to lift, lift anything over 10 pounds for so long. So, right, so that's right. 
but I end up feeling on the boat today, which it's always a good day on the water. Absolutely. I wish I, I was there like, with you. You know, it's hot outside, so if I can be in the water, I'm I'm good. So Yes. That's always good. Yeah, so that's about it. And then we go back to work tomorrow and see what the new week brings. Yes. Hopefully better, better days ahead Hopefully. for both of us. Yes. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yes. So Well, what do you got for our great topic? this time around for our episode three woohoo we're getting there so we are getting there um so i posted on our facebook page girlfriend minute on facebook um always go with the choice that scares you the most because that's the one thing that's going to help you grow and i asked what choice have you made that scared you the most what made you choose it how did you cope and what was the outcome i had two replies and you know this is all new. We're not huge, and uh, we have friends that are participating and giving us a little bit of feedback on our Facebook page and stuff. Uh, our one. I mutual, thought it was pretty good feedback. It was. It was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, our one mutual friend, um, the two times that she had to say goodbye and kiss her son goodbye before his heart transplants. So he had his first heart transplant when he was eight weeks. And he just had his second heart transplant, what was it, like this last January, February? And he is in his 20s, so his first heart lasted a long time. And I just can't even imagine having to do that. First of all, having him and having to do it the first time, knowing that he, you will have to do it eventually the second time. Right, right. That's Maybe definitely third, scary. You know, I mean, it's it's always there in front of you. And um, I can't imagine, you know, he requires care, different kind of care than having kids that don't have heart transplants, obviously. So oh, yeah, definitely that had to be absolutely terrifying. Well, yeah, me. as a mom, you would never want, you know, any of your children um, being born or being raised with any type of um, health scare or, or health problem. Um, I know, you know, with my daughter, my goodness, if her temperature went up to 103, 104, that freaked me out. So I can only imagine, you know, how she felt with an, a whole heart transplant. I, I can't. I mean, yeah. you're talking every time he has to have a heart biopsy to check his heart. Every time he's oh, to yeah. check up, something may be wrong that you can't see or he may not be showing symptoms of yet. So it always you're always holding your breath, I would think. And oh, my God. Yes. I can't even imagine how that must feel. I mean, I know um, my daughter, her son was born with a disability. It's called lysencephaly, where he has a smooth brain and everything. And uh, we don't know uh, what his lifespan is. And neither do doctors because they're unaware of this health problem or health issue or disability that he has. So it's almost like living on the edge every single day of your life. It's so scary. I can. And I know that you said he has uh, seizures every day. And yes, he and has over 20 seizures a day. I, you know, um, I wish, witnessed my sister having seizures, and I had never witnessed that before. And that's uh, very scary. She had them when she had her stroke. And, um, and for that poor little man of yours to have to go through that daily, it's you're holding your breath because you just don't know what the outcome is going to be. And... Uh, 
you know, it's scary. It's scary. Um, it is scary. But, you know, at the same time, then you say to yourself, or at least I try to tell her, you know, you just have to live day by day, um, unfortunately, because, you know, yes, he does have a disability and he does have a health problem. I mean, when we walk out the door to go to work, to get in our car, to do whatever, who's to say that we're going to come back home? We may not come back home. You know what I mean? So you have to live life every single day like it's the last one, you know? You do. And in her case, both outcomes were great. And she leaned on her family and friends for support and prayer. She did, um, yes. She has a great family. She has a great support system in place. You know, when he was going through his heart transplant, I think she posted pictures and the whole family's in the waiting room waiting for that kid to come out. Yes, I saw those pictures as well. That was, that's wonderful that she has that big, huge support. You know, it was a big, it's, you know, and I'm, it's so nice to see. Yeah. That's that Yeah, you don't see that very much nowadays. So that's great that she has that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that was her biggest. And I just, again, can't imagine. Um, and then another mutual friend of ours posted um, the decisions she had to make for her first husband after his stroke. Um, learning to be his caregiver and then learning to let go. Um, faith and family, she said. She has a huge support network in her church and her, her faith in God and family and just support um, got her through. They were all there for her. And then she had to, after he passed, um, a leap of faith to love again. And I, I did meet him the other night at the high school semi class reunion yeah he's a very nice guy um looks like he's great with her and there for her and um and that's good that she got a second chance at love again so that's awesome she had to trust in that because of what she had just gone through not too long prior with her husband because that's a pretty fresh wound because you know he was sick for a long time after the stroke it wasn't like you know yes there was a lot of caregiving, you know, going on on her part and what she had to learn. And then just knowing, you know, you're going to love again and there's no guarantee and possibly losing another spouse, you know, I've gone through it once. So I imagine that kind of lingers over her head. Is he going to be okay? Is you know, because the stroke kind of just comes out of nowhere usually. So, Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, being a caregiver in its own self is, um, is very difficult uh, because you have to make decisions that can sometimes be very difficult. Um, I had to be a caregiver for my mom. And um, so I can understand, you know, how she feels when she says that you need, you know, as much support as possible. Um, And that's great that she could lean in on her church and everything. Um, I feel that that's important as well. So, you know, but that's great. Life has given her a second chance. So. So what was the thing that scared you most in life that you had to get through and cope? Um, I think the scariest thing was when my mother passed away. Um, I knew that it was going to happen. I mean, obviously, you know that people are not going to live forever. Um, but as fast as it came, um, I believe that's what scared me the most is that it was so sudden and so fast 
and you didn't have time to blink and everybody's looking at you because you are the person that should be making the decisions. And I don't know who gave me that title, but, you know, everybody turned around and looked at me and those decisions that I had to make, they're very hard decisions. You know, at one point she was on a ventilator and at one point they were telling me that she had brain damage because she had um, she had trouble breathing. And so um, they had to put it put her on a vent and they put her in an induced coma for a couple of days when she did come through. Um, then they tried to extubate her and she wasn't able to breathe on her own. She did for a little bit and then wasn't. And then after that, it was just downhill. She had to get a trach and then she, her heart stopped. And then they had to do CPR for her and everything, but she was down for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then finally, when they did get her heart to come back, um, her brain had already been affected. And so, of course, you know, she's on a ventilator, her heart's still beating, everything's still going fine. And her heart was strong. I mean, given she's had heart attacks before, but her heart still wanted to go. And they were looking at me like they wanted me to pull the ventilator um, and just let her go. And I could not bring myself to do that. So I, I did or put myself in that caregiver role and I took care of her until, you know, until her last breath. And then at the end, I, I brought her home and uh, she was able to be around all of her family as well because it was during the, the last bits of COVID time where they weren't letting a lot of people in the hospital. So, um, but I think that was, that was the most scariest thing I ever went through. And then, and then the funeral and having to say goodbye. So, yeah, 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 those were difficult. Even though you know it's coming. Yeah. And you know, no one lives forever and they can be sick and have cancer. No matter how you prepare yourself, it's always difficult. It is. I mean, still till now, it's been two years and. It still affects me. Like, I'll go home, I'll open the door, and I guess my brother or someone had a picture printed of her, and they have it, like, laying right by her door to her bedroom, and it's, like, right there facing you. So it's like you're looking at her every day when you walk in through that door, and it's just, it bothers me. Yeah. So. What about you? What is your scariest? My scariest? Hmm. Um, I guess that would probably be my sister and her health and her passing. Because uh, she was ill for 18 years. And um, she had IgA nephropathy. And with that comes a bunch of side effects. And it's a rare kidney disease. And... Um, well, I guess the IgA, the actual disease, I guess, can attack any or, organ. And at first, it attacked her kidneys. And um, it was a long 18 years. I mean, sometimes she was in the hospital for a month at a time. And every time the phone rang, you just wondered who was calling you and why. 
you know, because if stuff was going on at her house, she wouldn't tell people. She wasn't feeling right, even her husband, she wouldn't tell people until it had gone past the point of, when well, now we need to go call 911, you know. Right. Um, she didn't like going to the hospital, obviously, who does? No one does. Um, and she had young kids, so... Um, you know, she went in for an infection. She was 44 years old when we had to take her off the ventilator. Uh, she went in for an infection. Um, they gave her, uh, a bunch of fluids for different things. They were trying to do something, but in the process, they did not give her her dialysis because of the kidney disease. Her kidneys together worked at like 3%. And so, um, she all of a sudden started having trouble breathing, which caused her to panic. And they had to put her on a vent. And, uh, and then just from there, other things started to happen. They fixed one thing, and then something else would go wacky. And they fixed that, and then something else would go wacky. And she uh, ended up, and they were trying to put in a pick line, which then caused her to have a heart attack. Um, and, yeah, the heart attack, um, you know, they do that enzyme count. Yes. And... Uh, they did the enzyme count one night, and it was double digits. I forget what it was. And then the next day, it was up a digit or more, to, you know, the next day when they retested. And then um, uh, it damaged the part of the heart that pumps the heart, which is the front part of the heart. Yeah. So it had, you know, damaged the front part of her heart. Um, all this happened over five days. It was the longest five days of my life in a hospital. Um, I would get home to shower change maybe thought get some sleep that wasn't like in a chair at the hospital or on the floor or whatever and my brother will call me and be like you, get, you need to get back here <laughs> i just put on fresh clothes and go back out the door you know right and, right yeah and it just it was a long long five days and um it got to the point where she didn't have a blood pressure unless she was on meds the front part of her heart was damaged um she was in a coma she slipped into the coma on her own, um, and uh, it just it came to the point that uh, you know she was gone, but on all the machines. Yeah. So, you know, you have to go through and sign all the paperwork, and everyone from different floors of the hospital come to witness it, and it's a big thing to take someone off of life support. Yes. Yeah. Like the process. Everyone just you know in the movies they just shut off the machines and there you go, and that's not how that works, <laughs> you know. And, um, no, nobody knows the background of that stuff unless you no, actually know the true background of that stuff. It. You yeah. don't live it or deal with it and work. You don't know the background of that stuff. And, uh, and, um, and then she, uh, she went and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, was so unexpected and that put me into a depression and, uh, and then that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, but, we'll make an episode on that one of these days. So <laughs> that was, I never lost anyone close to me. So like that. So yeah, in my family, yeah, I had never lost anyone close to me. So it was, it was, uh, you know, she had young kids. Her kids were still in high school. It was devastating to them. And they, yeah. you know, they had no idea how sick she really was. She kind of kept it from them, thinking she was protecting them. But in the same token, she didn't prepare them. Yeah. And so they were at home making food and a relative of ours shows up at the door is like, I need you to get in the car. Got to take you to the hospital now. I mean, it just, they were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, it was quite uh, the whirlwind of how it all happened. And it, 
you know, it was a long five days in the hospital from start to finish. When yeah, definitely. So. I'm sure everybody was sitting on the edge of their chairs. Yeah, it, it was, it was awful. It was truly awful. You know, yes. I don't, well, it, um, I'm glad I had that time with her, even though I'm sure to some degree she knew I was there, but, um, you know, it, it, it just still was, and it affected me greatly. So yeah. we, I still have good moments and bad moments and it just was 15 years on the uh, 17th of September. So you, you were saying it's only been two years. It's still been two years for your mom. Well, that's nothing. That's still real yes. early in your healing yeah. process. You know, I think the first year I cried at least twice a day in the shower after yeah. I kind of leveled out after the initial shock of it happening and getting through the funeral. Um, I leveled out a little bit and I would have a few moments of break, but um, the good cries were like in the morning in the shower. And then because I work in a clinic in the afternoon when I'm rinsing off and I get home to get those germs. Right. Off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine mine were at night usually because I'm usually a late bird. Yeah. Um, I stay up late, uh, so mine were mainly at night. Still, they're at night. But yeah, see, after 15 years, it still affects you. Everybody says that, you know, it'll get better. It'll get better. I, you know, I just, I don't know. Well, it, I don't know if better is the right word. I will tell you, I don't cry daily a lot over any of that anymore I don't cry weekly monthly mm -hmm. I think about her every day I drive by her um, uh, cemetery every day to and from work so I always look over and I acknowledge and um, but um, it, it does in that sense uh, life does go on um, everyone goes through losing someone yes everyone that is one thing we have in common Yes. In this world is we all will lose people we love and care for and not sure how we're going to get through it. And we do. So your moments will get less and less. You'll start to have be able to laugh. It, it took me a while to think back to certain things she would say to me or when she was chasing me around the house once with the camera because my mom had done banana curls in my hair and I wanted to rip them all out. <laughs> she was chasing me. You know, I can look back and laugh at things like that instead of cry. Right. Right. So. Yeah, um, it's hard for me to even sometimes talk about her when then, you know, like I, I just feel like there's a big knot in my throat and I'm like, okay, nah, I just, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, and then I try to think of something else and I move on and I do something else throughout the day to kind of keep my mind busy and keep my mind off of that. But then, you know, late at night when you're at home and you're in your bed and something rolls up, and believe it or not, I, I have her um, her house coat and I have one of her night dresses and I keep them under my pillow while I sleep. Do you? I do. I just feel like I'm closer to her at the time, you know. And and yeah, sometimes I'll lay there and I'll just talk to her or whatever and. Believe it or not, like, um, it's funny because we were talking about it today with, with one of my employees. Um, her dad had passed away from a massive heart attack, but that was years ago. And she was telling me that it's almost like they have a premonition that they know that they're going. Um, I, believe I don't know. True. Yeah. 
Did it were, did it happen to your sister? Yeah, there were things that had happened that just yeah. Yeah, that kind of led led that. Up, that. Yeah, that well upset me. But there were things yeah. that happened and and yeah, she knew. Yeah. No, My mother didn't. also knew when she came out the first time out of her, um, out of being in a medically induced coma and they, they brought her out of that. Um, the first thing she said was where her mother was, which is my grandmother. And I told her, what are you talking about? Now, mind you, my grandmother's been dead for 28 years. So, and then she's like, where's my, you know, where's my mom? She was just here in the room. And as soon as I heard that, like, I just, I just knew, I just knew I'm like, no. Then I was like talking in the air. I'm like, grandma, don't come here. Like, I don't want you here right now. Come back later. (laughs) You know, (laughs) exactly. I love you, but can you please not come in my mom's dreams? (laughs) Yeah. No, she knew, and uh, there were things that transpired right before she totally lost complete consciousness. So I, I, I do know. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. No. And well, I miss her, and her passing totally changed the dynamics of my family. Totally changed. Yes, that I agree with a hundred percent. I mean, well, my family totally just kind of disintegrated. What we had left was now, I, I haven't talked to my oldest sister since my mom passed, which is is nine years, um, almost 10. It'll be 10 in January. So it totally, it totally changed um, everything. And she was the one I was closest to. So um, I, I miss her. I miss her every day. I do think about her every day, still to this day. Not even driving by her cemetery every day. I still think about her, you know, every day, but she's not suffering anymore. And there comes a point in your healing and when you're getting through it all that you're just like, it's, it was a huge relief when she finally went. That sounds awful. Um, but she was not herself anymore. I mean, well, I think, but you know, her body was ice cold in the hospital. Yeah. And, and same with my mom. Like I think about when they get to that certain point, you know, when they're starting to get ready to go. Um, I don't think they're there anymore. Like for my mom, I, it just, you can see it in her eyes. Like she just wasn't there. Her body was here, but her soul was getting ready, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I strongly believe in that kind of stuff. I'm, um, I'm a church goer and I do all of that stuff. Um, I'm not, you know, one of those crazy fanatic church goers and, and nothing's wrong with them. They're perfectly fine too. Um, but I feel like, uh, I talk to God on my own way mm-hmm. and, um, and he knows where I am. So, yep. you know, and so when my mom passed, um, that was different for me. Um, my mom was older, and she was 77 when she passed. She's been gone nine years, and I don't. She was older. She had lived longer, more of a fulfilled life than my sister, where I felt like she was robbed. And you know, I mean, she, you know, she didn't want a kidney disease and all that stuff. And 
um, and no, there's no history of it in our family. And uh, you know, she didn't get to finish watching her kids grow up. She just wanted to see them get through high school. Right. And you know, she didn't get to do that either. So I just, it affected me differently than losing my mom. I didn't go into depression when I lost my mom. I was sad. I had moments. I still have moments where I miss my mom. But but your mom got to see you guys grow up and she had a pretty much fulfilled life. Correct. And so um, losing my sister, Colette, um, that was that was very different. And it affected me very differently. So um, it still haunts me. Her yeah, death still sure. kind of haunts me to this day, on and off. So it just was affecting me differently. And I coped with, well... The family thing really wasn't working because <laughs> uh, it affected me so much and, and so deeply that I did have to go on meds for a while to get out of my funk and to stop feeling sad and, you know. Well, yeah, and sometimes you have to to be able to get, get that little push to get up and go. Yeah. Because like you said, if you don't have that much family around, you don't have anybody to support you. No. To be able to be like, hey, listen, you need to eat, you need to drink, you need to get up, come on, let's go. Yeah. You know, you don't have that. No. Um, and and when you were talking about how the dynamics and everything changed once that person, you know, moves on and passes on, um, it happened the same thing in my house, too, as well. I mean, although we have a lot of extended family, like my aunts and my uncles and all of that stuff. Everybody has their opinion, and everybody likes to say things maybe they shouldn't be saying to you at a moment that you are not thinking clearly. Correct. So even though I had a lot of that family support, and it was wonderful, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it wasn't there and it wasn't great, and everybody... After my mom passed, they would send food over and they would, you know, make us, they would come and visit and just make us feel a little bit better. Um, but sometimes the things that came out of their mouth, I was like, why are you even here? Like, can you yeah. just leave? You know, I had family that would bring food and, and dishes and whatnot, but they're not close. Yeah. Family. And, um, they were trying hard and I just wasn't real receptive. It wasn't out of being mean or spiteful. I just wasn't in the mood. I was sad. I was heartbroken. Sure. You know, and, uh, yeah, you know, so thank you for everyone who did that. But <laughs> yeah. It sent me into a totally different tailspin. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it just. Well, that's uh, why, like I said, like, you know, yes, everything is, is, you know, I'm appreciative for everything that I ever got from anyone, um, even to the smallest, you know, small little tissue that I needed at the moment in time, you yeah. know, so I'm appreciative for that, too, as well. But sometimes you just, you didn't want to hear it. You just didn't want to hear it. No, you don't want to hear it. And, um. And then just some people are so insensitive. I remember being at the funeral home and we were getting ready. She's in a niche. So she's cremated. She's in an urn and the urn is in a niche, which is in a wall. And um, because my brother-in-law wanted a place for their children to go and talk to her mm -hmm. and have a place for her. 
sure. you know, to go see her essentially, you know, and so, and then he paid for all his stuff when he goes to be with her. So, um, and I remember this older lady and she came up to me and she grabbed me by the face and I just, I look like hell <laughs> and I'm so upset. And, um, she's like, Oh, you look like her. And I'm just looking at her and I'm thinking, who are you? And why are you touching my face? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you are. <laughs> you know, Oh, you look like her. I'm so sorry. And then she goes to me, was it the cancer? Well, me and my attitude, <laughs> I'm just looking at her. I'm like, and I just said to her, no. And she's sitting there waiting and she wanted to know what How happened to my sister. Yeah. So I'm not sure who she was. I don't know why she was there. Um, she, I don't know if she came with someone and just knew of my sister or whatnot. But if you truly knew my sister, you knew how sick she really was and that she was sick for a long time. Right. You know, and I'm just looking at her going, you really are asking me how my sister died at her funeral. I mean, the, the minister just stopped talking and we're getting ready to go to the niche to yeah. place. And you're wondering how she died and you're asking me. <laughs> I'm just looking at her. I didn't say anything. Right now. <laughs> like. And she stood there and waited, and eventually I just turned around and walked away because I'm like, yeah, I'm not telling you squat. I don't even know who you are. And clearly you didn't know my sister well enough to know what she passed from. Yeah. Because other people who would see me where I work afterwards, and they're just like, you know, they were neighbors and stuff. I knew them, they knew me, and they're just like, you know, I know you're heartbroken, but she was so, so sick. I said, I know. I know she was, you know, and I do, you know. And that's, there was relief to her going, I miss her. I wish she was never sick. I wish yeah. we never did that, <laughs> had to go through that, you know, but she's, you know, at peace. Yeah. She no longer hurts. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's huge. Yeah. And I think that's part of the healing process. You know, you realize it, is. it gives you more and more comfort knowing that as time goes on. So yeah. you're still sad. You're always going to miss your mom. She was your mom. You only have one mom, you know, but Again, I don't know if better is the right word, but it, it does improve. Maybe improves a better word Yeah. Um, for everybody at different that. situations. Um, I try not to dwell on it too, too much. You know, yes. Yes. Um, certain things like her anniversary, our birthdays, you know, bother me. Um, well, when this, when this time comes around, so it was September the, the 29th. Um, in, uh, 2020, when I took her into the hospital and then it was October the 19th when her heart stopped. So those dates will forever be impressioned in my mind. Um, and when those dates come around, like you said, it does get a little bit hard and a little bit difficult, but I try to keep myself busy. Her birthday was this month on the 8th. And, you know, and when I looked at it in the morning, I didn't look at it the rest of the day that day. Yeah. I just kept going. Yeah. So, so yeah, for you to say that, you know, 
well, those dates and things like that. Yeah, you don't, you never forget those. No. Absolutely never forget those. You, you don't, you don't, and I don't. Um, but again, there is a huge relief in knowing that she's no longer sick. She used to always wonder what she had done to deserve yeah. what she got, kind of how she felt, because I had no health issues, and my oldest sister that I know of has, at that time, had no health issues. So, um, I'm like, it's not really how it works, you know, and, uh, but, and she knew she would go early, but she always told me more like, she thought late 50s, early 60s is kind of what was indicated, and 44 was just way short of that, you know, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely, that was very But she didn't get to see her kids graduate high school, um, matter of fact, it was her son's senior year, and, um, and now she has two grandbabies that she never got to hold or see or. Sure. Yeah. Speaking of that, that's funny that you mentioned that. Like those things I would think about too. Like when I see my, my daughter's kids, for example, I would be like, mom would have liked that. Or mom, yeah. mom would have like, oh my gosh, she would have loved him, you know, yeah. or what of this. She got to see the first one. Uh, so she was able to be a great grandmother, which is, which is a huge deal, like in our family, because we have never had a great grandmother. Usually people always pass on before that. Um, so that was a huge, big deal. And, um, so she got to be a great grandmother for a little while, which was nice. And she loved it. Um, she was a little saddened about, you know, uh, Maxine's, um, baby, and having all the disabilities that he has. Um, but, you know, yeah, obviously we still love him. And, yeah. Love them to be happy and healthy. They're these little innocent souls. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and that, maybe that's another hardest moment, I should say, is when you hear your daughter cry on the phone, like you've never heard her cry her whole entire life. Yeah. That, when I tell you that tears you in half it tears you apart oh i bet tears you I apart bet. yeah mm -hmm. i bet you know you can't fix whatever is wrong or going on yeah you can't help the situation she has to get through each day and take care of him and love him until you know whenever it's yeah this, this is this is what comes with this and uh yeah um and it's heartbreaking because i'm sure she is exhausted emotionally it's exhausting and you don't want him you know to be miserable I mean I don't know if that's even the right word I just it's hard to watch you know it has to be hard to watch it is it is hard to watch but you know when you when you do see him the only thing that you do is you just have to love him that's it that's all you can do that's, it. that's all you can do and he gets yeah. plenty of love yeah you know. definitely you know, so I think part of with um, part of what is the thing that has scared you the most? It's things that we can't control. It's you know, more. That's a better way. Yes, you hit it right on the nail. That's a better way to put it. Is that yeah. are the things that do scare you the most? Absolutely. You know, I mean, we we know all of us is going to pass. I hope I don't suffer long. <laughs> you know? Oh, me too. I'm right there with you. I'm like, please just take me in my sleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, I hope we don't suffer long and well, it's not even just, it's not even for us, you know, to be selfish, but it's for everybody that's watching us or everybody that's around us. Yeah, true. It's like, don't, don't let them be our caregivers, you yeah. know, just let us go peacefully. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I don't ever want to be, you know, it's like when my mom passed, she, um, she had a UTI and she went, what is it, septic? Yes. And uh, it was quick, hours, um, before the labs and tests were done and this is what's going on and it's really just CMO at this point, you know. And, and we were all fine with that, you know. And uh, it, was, it was quick and, um, you know, she wasn't in any pain. Right. You know. And, uh, you know, and that was, that was that, uh, like I said, the one that bothers me is going to be my sister. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I can only imagine, especially when you're close to someone. You know, making those tough decisions. And then my brother-in-law wavering and it's like, you know, she would always tell me to tell, she would always call her husband, Teddy, you know, you make sure Teddy knows Char, no Terry Shivo. And that whole big case down here with Terry Shivo, who was a vegetable for 10 years. And oh, okay. I see. Yes. Judge allowed the husband to remove the feeding tube eventually after 10 years and stuff like yes, that. Yes, I remember that story. You yeah. know, no one wants to be stuck in a bed with a feeding tube oh. for 10 years and never moving, never. I mean, that, that's, you're not living. No, you're not living. At that point. And, um, she always say, no, Terry Shivo, and you make sure he remembers that. I told him it's in writing, but you make sure. I said, I got it, you know, so she knew. Right, and I'm sure that's hard to hear, too, you know, from your loved one. They were not my favorite say conversation. That. Every time she went into a hospital, uh, you know, they were just not my favorite conversations. No, of course not. But, you know, she had to make sure that someone would you know, take care of her. And, and obviously she was so close to you. So she, uh, leaned on you for that. So, yeah. You know, Even though if it, it was something you didn't really want to hear, but. Well, you know, but when you're sitting in a room and they got the family and you have a wall full of specialists. Yeah. From every department lined up and they tell you who they are, what their part was in her care. Mm-hmm. What everything were and what it means to them. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I knew she wasn't coming out that time, you know, right. so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I also don't like hearing the terms code blue when they're actually calling it code blue, that brings back a flood of memories, too, oh, yes, the same. yeah, that's very real code, and everyone comes running, and I, I don't care for it, that's, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Same here. I witnessed that as well. So yeah. yeah, I don't care witnessing that either. So, you know, yeah. So I guess pretty much out of the four of us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the census is what scared us the most is, you know, losing loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how, how important family it can be or uh, friends or uh, outside sources such as church. Um, 
communities, things like that, that can be very helpful and, and uh, support system. Yeah, support system. This can be very calming and relaxing, you know, to have people around. I mean, they, they can only do so much. You're still the one dealing yes. with the main, but to have them there and just hug you sometimes is all you need. Yeah, I don't, I didn't even want anybody to talk. Just give me a hug. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, let me no, cry a good cry. And I'm good with that. No. <laughs> but don't touch your face, right? <laughs> On a lighter note, you know, we got to make a little bit of lighter notes. We do, we do. This we was do. a very, very heavy episode, so. It's a little on the heavy side, that's for sure. But I think it's all something, yeah, something we all go through one way or another. Absolutely, and not many people talk about it, you know, and it's great to have somebody like you that I can actually sit here and, and voice myself and um, you understand what I'm going through. Um, even if you didn't understand, you know, you have, you just listen. Well, and sometimes you just need someone to listen. Yeah, definitely. But I do understand what you're going through. And um, when everyone says it gets, you know, better, um, time heals certain parts of everything. Time does heal certain things. Sure. Um, lessens the pain, maybe. Um, but life does go on, and they would expect us to carry on. You know, and um, and just remember them with a smile, as corny as that sounds or could sound or be, you know. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying the best that I can to do that. Sometimes just the tears come by themselves. Well, and they need to, and you need to let them. Yeah. You know, I still have tears. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I get it, but yeah. it. It's definitely not like it was in the first few years. Oh, yeah, okay. you, know, you get through that first holiday. It's like, oh, this is the first Thanksgiving. This is the first Christmas. Right. This is the first New Year. This is the first birthday without her for everybody, you know. And then yeah. the second year, okay, I survived the first year. Now we're in year two. I mean, it's still very new. Yes, definitely. You know, I don't know what phase you call it, but it's still very new. Yeah. You know, so, you know. It just hits time to a degree. Yeah. Makes that's it easier true. to cope, maybe. Maybe that's, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's, I think that has a lot to do with it, too. You just, you, you learn how to cope with it and you just keep going. You just keep going. You have to. Yeah, you have to because, you know, you have other, other family members that need you. You get grandbaby. Yeah. And that should bring you joy. You have two. Yes, I do. I'm going to have two soon as well. So um, we're going to be on the same road. Look at us. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. And the holidays are fast approaching. Yeah. Halloween's around the corner. We're here at the end of September. We have a new week coming ahead. Yeah. Up to starting tomorrow. And um, yeah. Beginning. Every day is a new day. That's how I see it. Every day is a new day. It is. Every day is a new day. I'm but having a bad day like I had. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, last week I had a, you know, like I was saying earlier um, in the episode that like um, I was just having a, a bad week. So what I would do at the end of the night after I was done with the thing, I'm like, okay, Pascal, now tomorrow is going to be a brand new day. We're going to start from fresh. <laughs> right. 
and then, you know, and, and that kind of got me through it, you know, through the week. So now where, where I'm not so drained by the end of the week, you know, every day is a new day. Well, I tell myself that too. It's like, okay, I got through that. I handled all that. Yep. Hopefully today less stuff is thrown at us like that. And, you know, we'll just, yeah. we, we just take it as it comes. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. For today. That's it for today. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to next week but i will work on that <laughs> yeah that's okay we'll figure it out by the end of the time but you know thanks everyone for joining us and um listening to what our scariest moments in life are and hope uh to have you listen in on our next episodes coming up soon um Char's doing a great great um job with trying to get everything put together and everything like that um so kudos to you kudos to you it's a learning curve and, it, yes. and we keep changing it because we hear new things so we want to try new things and figure out what works best for us absolutely and it's, it's a work in progress and growing and changing yes definitely right. but so yeah <laughs> i know it's hard but you know you are doing a really great job i i will give you that much you know because to be honest with you, I don't know if I had time to sit down. I think I would get frustrated by the end of the night. But uh, you're you're finding ways and you're finding new ways. And I'm here to tag along. I'm here and I'm open. Choo-choo, ride that train. <laughs> right? Yeah. appreciate your help and support because you've, you've, uh, you've done your time too. You've been, you know, helping me figure things out and whatnot. So, you know, because... Um, our computers are a little different, so yeah, online, they like it just doesn't ever work from the get go like they say it's going to online. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing ever does, does it? <laughs> no, I suppose. No. No. Okay, but like you said, it's a learning curve, and and you're doing a great job at it. So exactly. we look Thank forward you. to having um, having everyone listen in on uh, future episodes and leave us your comments, please down yonder and we will go ahead and reply to them um, we thank you guys so much and look forward to us doing another episode and have you listening to it <laughs> right right yes you can find us on facebook girlfriend minute easy peasy and uh, questions comments concerns like our page please we can get some traffic get this thing off the ground yes definitely and we're also on what Spotify, and we're also on a couple of other iHeart, iHeart, Apple, Pandora, Deezer. Um, okay. there's you a have a lot to choose from, people. Get on that. <laughs> Get on that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Amazon. So you can find us on the different platforms, and uh, have a great night and a happy Monday. You too. Have a great week. Yeah, you as well. You as well. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.